Hello, friends. So today I have a dear friend, Michelle. And Michelle and I have met, I think it's not even six, no, we met yeah, in I December. It was December. December yes. last year. Yes, so yes. we haven't even known each other for a year, but we met through a mutual friend. Um, and I don't know, I just felt a soul connection with you right away, <laughs> which I'm grateful for. And I did too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we've seen each other a handful of times since then. And what I was thinking, I invited you here, Michelle, today, just because um, I, the little that I've known, um, you have a story to share. And you said, well, I don't have a story to share. And, and I say in this other podcast that I didn't think that I had a story right, to tell. Right, so true. I'm going to just see if we can pull it out. Pull so the story out. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. We'll just start to talk and see where that goes. <laughs> so where are you from? So I was born in France. Yeah. Uh, 62 years ago in a small... Uh, I grew up in a small town in France, a small village. Should I just tell you my... Yeah, okay, just so you tell me. My, uh, I was born in... A, my dad was a butcher. So it's very important in my life because mm. I, have a, I have a very strong connection with animals. My dad was a butcher and he would... Uh, uh, bring you know buy animals in the in the countryside like lamb and veal and and stuff and he would bring them home I would play with them and you had a slaughterhouse <laughs> in the back of the house <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this was when you were a little child when I was a yeah, little yeah little girl you're thinking oh pets fun my friends yes and oh. then so it's pretty I I, I think yeah yeah it it was pretty traumatic and then they would. Uh, served me the meat to eat mm -hmm. and of course I made the connection uh, you know they're very vivid memory when I would I, I couldn't swallow it so I had to I put it in my hand in my pocket oh, and would get yeah. rid of it and so this childhood where I had to repress my feeling really I think it's a you know it's a big yeah. part of my life where I, I was not I, w I was not able to express uh, mm -hmm feelings and my mom um, yeah so so a uh, loveless kind of childhood <laughs> not a very uh, very yeah. Uh, yeah so and then you uh you moved to new york city is that the first place you moved to from this i uh, well i left when i was 18 it was very clear that i had to earn my way you know i i had to leave leave the house and so i i started i started to travel in Europe, in Spain, Italy, and then I lived in London for a year. Oh, okay. And I had, <laughs> then I traveled to Spain, I hitchhiked through Spain, and I met. <gasps> That's right. Oh, I told you the story already. <gasps> the yes. love story. The love Can of we my hear life? it again? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I told you the story already. You did, but I want to hear it again, and these people have not. <laughs> So hitchhiking, I met this guy who was, um, who took me, you know, I, 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 um, I, before hitchhiking, I was walking. My goal was to... Yeah, you were going to the Camino. Yes, to yeah. the Camino. So I was back, uh, you know, with my backpack and I started to hike. <laughs> so I started to hike from the French, yep, the French side, yeah. going over the mountain, the Pyrenees, and then I was supposed to end up in Spain. On the, but mm -hmm. then the fog came down. I was completely unprepared, completely <laughs> unprepared. And you were by yourself. By myself, yeah. And then the f fog came down and I was completely lost. I was wondering, should I sleep over? I didn't have a tent. I had, a, you know, I had a sleeping bag, but... Eventually, I, I continued, and, and I was not in Spain. I was still on the 
French side. French side. And I, you know, I was, whatever, I, I got discouraged, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and so the next day I started to hitchhike. Yeah. And that's how I met him. He took me, and he had seen me the day before hiking. Oh, okay. So anyway, we right away we connected. We spoke English because his, he didn't speak French, I didn't speak Spanish. And we had this, you know, three days amazing. <laughs> and it was, you know. <laughs> and and we, we started a relationship for two or three years. But he, I told you what he, eventually I learned that he was an ETA um, terrorist. Oh, yes, you did tell me yes, this. Yes, a revolutionary. Yes, yes, yes. He was this amazing, generous and beautiful person. But yes. at the time... Because he lived in the Basque region. Yes, yes. Basque region. That's how. We, that's where we met. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so this relationship lasted for two or three years, uh, and then it, you know, it didn't go anywhere. Well, I had an, an abortion. I mean, and the whole. It was very. It was beautiful, but at the same time, yeah, it was not going anywhere because it was really his cause. The revolution was his. It's interesting because I mean, the little that you're saying, it feels like almost like that same dynamic with your father who is probably, you know, brought home these like loving pets to you and then here and they then slaughter. And it's almost like this man sort of represented that too. He had this, he had this beautiful yeah, love affair together, <laughs> but then he had this other this side, side to him. That yeah. was very extreme. And yeah, very, very extreme. Because people were, you know, it was really yeah. at the at the time, uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah it was I never, at the I peak never, yeah. I never draw the parallel, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love the patterns and the connections <laughs> of things. <laughs> when I hear people's stories, I'm like, ooh, how is this ooh. and that? Yeah. Yeah, very yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I mean, um, and I and it's interesting too because I know the Camino. I think this is why we spoke about it last yes. year was because I did the Camino. For right, my fortieth birthday true. last year, oh, right, and right, so right. you told me this love yes. affair of yours, and yes. I was like, "When are you going to see him again?" <laughs> and so whatever, so what happened? So you went? Were you? Where were you when you were, you were living there for? Two no, or so three we had years? a long distance relationship. Okay. He would come, you know, every month, so I would go. Okay. And that's yeah. Uh, and eventually, I uh, eventually it ended, and that's that's why I came to 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 the U, the, the okay. U.S. I was looking to yeah to to go far away. Yeah. Uh, so you moved to the United States. You so when I was hired, I, I came to Florida. I was hired by Disney. Oh, for Disney? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I knew this part of your story. I love this. Oh, that was that was quite. Uh, you know, working for Disney, it's like it's almost like working Disney for the military. Disney saved you, yeah, in a way. <laughs> Disney, like, saved Disney saved you and said, "Come to the United States." So I got yeah. They they re they recruit people. Mm -hmm. I worked for Epcot Center, you know, uh -huh. the lake with the countries all around. Yeah. So the French pavilion, that's how. Okay. <laughs> you represented and France. I yeah, I represented the France. <laughs> <laughs> with a little, uh, you know, costume, yeah. the black dress and oh the lace. Uh, <laughs> that's too funny. That's how I started working in restaurants. Wow. And how, and how long did you do that for? For 18 months. Okay. And then... Uh, it's a type of visa you can't really turn it into something else. You have yeah. to, you can stay in the U.S. for a month and then you have to go back to your country. Okay. So I came to New York to visit a friend and I was, I just fell in love with the city. It was yeah. just... What, do you remember what year that was? That was 86, yes. 86, June okay. 86. So what, why were you so in love with New York City at the time? 
Oh, it was just the. It was June. It was <laughs> on the Lower East Side. The people playing dominoes on the street. The mm. music. I mean, the sense of freedom, really. Yeah. The sense of freedom. Yeah. Um, That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So. You came here to New York, because we're actually sitting in your apartment in New York right yes. now in Harlem. Uh, so you came to New York in 96, and you were visiting a friend, and then you just decided to stay? How did that work Yeah, out? I just... I don't know exactly how it happened. I, I just arrived, and I found a job in a restaurant, and yeah. like a lot of people coming to New York. Was it okay. easy to get your visa then? Well, uh, no, I was I, I was illegal. Okay. I, was, yeah, okay. yeah, I was here illegally. You're not illegal now. They're not going to no, find you, right? No. You're good. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that would be scary now. Right, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but You're at the time, now. Other, yeah. <laughs> at yeah, the time, it a lot is. of people were in my like, in yeah. my situation. Yeah. So yeah, because I I mean even when I was here in the early 2000s, a lot of my friends in the restaurant business in the restaurant they were, business, yeah, yes, it was rampant. Yeah, yeah, it was just people yeah, would buy fake secure social security yeah, numbers. Yeah, and everything you get paid under the table all the time. I mean, you're getting paid exactly tips it's cash and tips. Yeah. So so you so you were here working in the restaurant business, and what was it like? You know, coming here and you you had did you have a community at all? You just had a friend, or did um, you have... Yeah, I just had a friend, and then uh, working in the restaurant, you become quickly close to people. And, you know, it was a time where we... we it, it was a crazy life, because you work in the restaurant at night, and then you go get off at midnight, one o'clock, you go to clubs, yeah. lots of alcohol, drugs. Uh, you know, that was New York in the 80s, I guess. I, yeah after our clubs and yeah i think that still exists <laughs> yeah yeah maybe it does, <laughs> especially in the restaurant business oh yeah yeah you think so i think so yeah i mean i have a friend who um she's she's in the nightlife industry here and or she was she still kind of floats in and out of it and it's amazing to me um you know she's my age and it's amazing to hear her keep going you know in a lot of ways and i don't know in terms of like what she does in terms of the partying aspect but just the hours in the itself hours, yes. you know she um it's tough yeah the hours are tough. she was running a club downtown and she actually was having a really hard time about five or six years ago uh she was coming to my place a lot when i was in the hudson valley and just, I, she was really sick. And I, she actually got diagnosed with, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically what um, like night shift workers get. When really? like the, yeah, like um, hospital crews who have, you know, work through the night. She was getting this because her circadian rhythms were off. Oh. Yeah, so um, yeah, I mean, it still exists. People are out partying all the time in the I city. Know. The city that never sleeps. Yeah, <laughs> I, thought people, I thought people were, you know, younger generations yeah. were maybe healthier, but no, maybe not. There's still a pocket of them. And yeah. I mean, there's still people our age, you know, like the older generations yeah. who are still doing it too. And You're right. And if it's not drugs, it's alcohol. A lot of people are, yeah. uh, we are talking about. And what we earlier. were saying before we turned this on of like, I look at them, I'm like, I don't do anything that fun and exciting <laughs> in those ways. And I don't know how I would function if yes. I did. Yes. And it is, there's some, like you said, a high level, um, what did you say? High, high functioning, functioning alcoholics. alcoholics. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, a lot. A yeah. lot of people function with. Yeah. So it sounds like you kind of went down that. that I went road. down and yes, and I don't know if I should say that here, but whatever you feel comfortable uh, with. Yeah, I got um, my first month in New York. I um, I was not promiscuous or what, but I got infected with uh, HIV. Within I don't know a if month. I t I told you that before. No, no, you haven't actually shared. You know yeah. that journey of with. Um, I knew that you were, but I didn't you know. know. Right, yeah, you knew, right? You knew through Normie, through yeah. our friend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was within the first month. The first months, yeah. The first okay. months, I met this uh, guy who was uh, a friend of the friend I had in New York. Mm. And we, you know, we had maybe, we had a, a small affair, like it lasted for maybe for two or three weeks. Yeah. And that was enough. Well, I, I know I was infected by him because he eventually died of AIDS. Okay. You know, 90, in 1986, you didn't have any... It was, yeah. Any uh, medicine or anything. So I didn't know I was infected in, in 1986. I know in July I had like a... Uh, flu flu symptoms. I okay. had a fever, and, uh, and that's I learned later that was a primal infection. Mm. So 1986, 1987. <laughs> it's a long story. I went across country. <laughs> yeah, I went across across country in 1987, and uh, I was arrested by immigration uh, in okay. Texas. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> You know, my attitude was like, well, you know, it's an experience. Yeah. <laughs> Who goes to jail and? And know, why were you? You were? They just picked you up for randomly. In a bus. Okay, in a bus. I guess they were looking for Mexican. Oh, okay. And then they were like, yeah, because it was this close. French woman. Yes. Yeah. It was close she has to an the. Accent. <laughs> Got it. Close to the border, my my visa was expired. Okay. So eventually, after um, a, a week, so that was an ex interesting experience. Mm-hmm. You know, what I was, was that like? Well, I was I was sharing a cell <laughs> with the with an Indian nun who was picked up also trying to get into the country, okay. and uh, the other women were, you know, small time criminals. Mm -hmm. uh, and eventually, after a few days, I uh, they transferred me to a camp, which okay. was very scary to hear a camp. Yeah, uh, very scary, but it was much better than the than okay. The, jail and I said for about uh, a week and then I asked the jail I said you know how do I get out yeah. how do I get out the experience has yeah this is over this now is, this, that yeah, cool part is over <laughs> yeah so I had to pay a course uh, a bail mm -hmm. uh, so my friends sent me the bail I get I got off I finished my trip I went to San Francisco and all the west coast and came back to New York and eventually I had to see a lawyer and I had to uh, to leave the US because uh, of this. So in 87, I... I love that you continued on with your journey. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Why oh, so that happened. Let's, I'm on the side, so let's just keep going oh, up to San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then you came back to New York. I came back to New York, and uh, yeah, I had to leave eventually. So I had to go back to France, Okay. 87. And that's how I... Um, so I didn't, you know, I, I didn't want to be in France. I wanted to be in, in New York, yeah. but I had to make do. So I went back to school. I went to, an, I, s I started nursing school. Okay. And in France. In France, okay. in Paris. And um, you had to go through health, uh, health um, checkup to get into the school. And that's how oh. I discovered that I was HIV positive. Got I went it. to see a doctor and he, saw, he said, oh, do you mind if we do an HIV test? I said, whoa. <laughs> I was yeah. like, 
Of course, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. And so that was like the, the hardest, the hardest thing that can, you know, it's like uh, I was 32 years old mm. and that was really a death sentence at the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you yeah. died from it. They didn't know. This was in the 80s, mid-80s, late 80s, you said? Uh, that was 87, 87 when I was 88. Yeah. 88 when I was, uh, when I learned. And so then yeah. I, you know, I knew exactly when it had happened. So and so you were saying it ha you think it happened in 86? Yes. And so the only other symptom you had was that flu. That's first, yeah, yeah. primal infection. Yeah. What the, yeah, got it. It's when the virus, when you're infected and the virus multiply like crazy. Uh, okay. You know, so your viral load goes up okay. and that's when you're sick like but that. But then you got over it and you're like, oh, that was just yeah. a flu. No, exactly. I had no yeah. idea and I was fine, you know. Yeah. And so that was tough because I couldn't yeah. tell anybody. Yeah, here you are in Paris. Now, in Paris. did you have any sort of support system there? No. And it's something that was, I don't know, at the time it was still very... Taboo. Stigma, yeah, I mean, taboo yeah, and, and like the stigma attached to it was... Yeah. You, you know, people still thought that you contracted it by sharing a, a glass yeah, of water. Yeah, or like I can't hug you or what can't... Exactly. Yeah, like that was the, yeah, yeah, anything. Is it airborne? And I remember yeah. hearing things like that. Yes, yeah. very scary. I mean, yeah. even in ho in the hospitals, people didn't get the care they, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was stunned because I was, you know, I was not in a risk group. But, you know, mm -hmm. it was. How interesting that you were going to nursing school <sighs> and finding this out. Yeah. So did you continue on through nursing school, or how? So no, eventually. Like? Because of that, I yeah. had to, uh, I had to, well, not because of the HIV, but because I couldn't get certain vaccine yeah. that was, that were required in order to continue. So yeah. I stopped and uh, it was uh, almost two years later, I decided to come back to New York okay. on a tourist visa. Okay. And, uh, and uh, yeah. Yeah. I came back. <laughs> so you came back with a tourist visa. <laughs> yeah. And then you stayed again. And I stayed again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a long story. Then my boss at the restaurant knew this lawyer in Texas, and he was... Oh, Texas of all places. Of all places. <laughs> places. And he was... Uh, so I had to go to Texas. He, he, he uh, said he could get me a, a, a car, a working permit or something but it was I think he was a crooked lawyer okay. he, he, he did cocaine the, you know he had very weird kind of yeah. experience but yeah. he got me a, a work permit but eventually didn't lead to anything so I had to um, I had to marry a friend eventually okay. to get my uh, oh did I know this I don't think <laughs> I knew this okay so I love that you were like there's just like all these little nuggets that I didn't know about the story so you got married to a friend yes okay how do, who was that uh, he was um, naturalized uh, hung Hungarian okay gay person okay that's how he got his uh, his uh, green card here because okay. he was fleeing, uh, you know, anti-gay persecutions yeah. in Hungary. Okay. Uh, so he was an American citizen and he wanted to go to physical therapy school. So okay. he had no money. So I said, you know, you live with me. Yeah. For whatever, how long you need to. And uh, we got married. We went to Las Vegas. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
we did the whole Las Vegas thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. And so you lived together for two years. Yes. And then... Were there, like, was there any sort of... um, like, do people come visit you from immigration? Did, what so did that look I was like? very lucky. I don't. Yeah. I, I was very very lucky. Uh, we learned everything from each other's family, and okay. uh, you know, uh, I said Richard, you know, you have to learn. You know, my mother's birthday. You know, you have yeah. to know this thing. But I was no, we didn't have any inspection. Which is so wild because I don't think I ever knew my ex's mother's birthday. <laughs> no, exactly. No, exactly. <laughs> like the reality of it, exactly. of those kind of things. Yes. I don't remember. If but I you want to be prepared because yeah, you for never sure. know. Oh, definitely. It's very, I don't I know, know what you're to do. You're under a microscope. Yes. Yeah. And I remember waiting uh, the day of the interview, waiting in the waiting room at immigration with mm. our lawyer and seeing, I remember seeing this woman coming out of the interview room, sobbing. She was, you know, probably it went, didn't go too well. So okay. it was very, yeah, it was, <laughs> tension was very, uh, yeah. Uh, but it went well, almost no questions. I think maybe the, I, I have a feeling that the, the interviewer, Maybe felt sorry for me because I was HIV. Okay. You know, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I don't know either. Well, the universe was on your side that day. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like even, I mean, I'm listening to you just how you're sharing all these little, like. Nuggets. Yeah, nuggets. That you always had that sort of, even though, oh, I was in jail. (laughs) Like, oh, I got, you know, like there's always some sort of, um faith that you had or there was some sort of su- like support behind you it, whether you were you know aware of it like I don't know angels or universe or God or whatever you want to believe but there was always like something that was humming you along you know did you have that sense yes or I think maybe I everything was Relative. I mean, you you know what? I I, I don't know. I, I think my childhood was so traumatic that mm-hmm. I think what can be worse. I mean, you you know. So I felt yeah. like I had, I had no fear when I was in prison, but I I I hadn't killed anybody, or it's not yeah. like right? you knew the truth. I knew yeah. that yeah, I couldn't be there like that long, yeah. and uh, uh, I don't know angels. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I can always... There was something always there, whether it was just your belief that everything would be okay or um, maybe there is something grander than that, but it does, it sounds like you just always had... And this is what we were just talking briefly about before we turn this on of like not even really thinking that you had a choice, right, in the matter. Exactly. And I think that's what resiliency is to a certain extent of... Um, having these traumatic experiences when we're younger and then um, not realizing, oh, there's no other choice. This is just how I survive. Right, and that's what makes you stronger. Yeah. But in my, in, uh, I think I learned a lot, you know, later in life, then I learned self-care and love mm-hmm. from friends, from a, a specific friend, but from other yeah. persons, but a specific friend who, who showed me unconditional love. She died from breast cancer, and it's a, it's a big loss, but I never had this kind of... Uh, who is this person? My friend Patricia. Okay. Yeah. She, she passed away 13 years ago, okay. but she was an amazing, an amazing soul. She was a 
so giving and uh, and I I think it's one of the first person who's you know who saw me completely who saw the person I was you know yeah. with, you know the essence of who you are. When did you meet her? I met her when I was working in, when I was a bartender in, down in the village. That was 1980. When I came back after nursing school, when, okay. I, was, when I came back, 1989, 1990. Okay. <gasps> so you met her when you came back, and she was the first person that you felt saw you. Yes. Yes. And and then and so what? Did, where did you meet her? You met her. At I your met her. Bar? She was her her future husband. Her boyfriend at the time was a customer at the restaurant. She okay. lived in Boston, and he was in New York. And eventually, she moved to New York. So you know, he brought her one night, and we had this amazing just <laughs> connection. Yeah. Uh, and she, I don't know how to describe her. She's uh, she's a rare rare uh, person. Mm. Um, yeah, she passed uh, too 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 soon, but um, yeah, she, you know she 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 um, impacted a lot of people's life. Yeah, like. what did was she was it something within her career or just the person that she was? Just the person that she was. She was a writer, a poet. Okay. She was a poet, oh, a writer, yeah. uh, and she wo she worked in business for lawyers. Well, her job has had nothing. Uh, yeah. Particularly interesting, but, <laughs> <laughs> but she was a poet. She was a, a poet, lover and yes. A poet. Yes. Yeah, and what did so she she saw you? This is the first person who saw you. I, I that I felt, yes. Yeah, yes. that you felt, and what was it that um, that shifted for you after that acknowledgement? Um, I don't know. Maybe I, I was uh, less hard on myself. Uh, it brought it brought softness in in my life, I think, which I don't feel I <laughs> had a lot of softness. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's interesting that how one person can yes change your perspective of yourself. Yes. Yeah. But as I was telling you when last time we met yeah. and we had this discussion mm -hmm. and about shame about the and I don't know the, just the, the the interaction we had helped me so much in you know in uh, yeah in seeing some events or some ways I, I was looking at relationships in, in different because you br you brought a light a different light on the yeah and that's I mean that's sort of what I really want this you know this podcast to be is to to show other perspectives right not to say that our conversation here is the perspective right, right. that you should shed on your own light but in your own life but yeah just to to shift just ever so slightly right because we all have shame yes we all have anger we all have these moments of heartbreak, right? And your, I mean, your adventurous life um, definitely isn't somebody who's listening had the exact same adventurous <laughs> life, but they can see fragments of themselves within it and, and within my story too. And so it is, it's just turning on a new light for, for people. So um, it's it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm grateful. You said that before we started how... Our conversation yes, shifted yes. something for you, so I'm grateful that that did. And yeah, it's it's um it's always 
fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun to connect with people, right? Yes. And sit and chat and and hear people's stories and without yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you so what did your life look like after that? After you were discovering self love and um, um what is the rest of your adventurous journey has I don't that know. been I, since then? I guess I I was more open to to love in my life, I guess. Yeah. Um, how, and I mean, because it sounds like you had lovers and relationships prior. Yeah. And how did they shift? Like, what was different? And now that you're saying you're more open to love. When I was because, you know, because of this HIV thing, I was yeah. really, uh, for after our common friend, yeah. uh, my story with him ended, that was in 1995 or 96. Mm -hmm. I was not in any relationship after that. Yeah. I guess I, w I felt, you know, at, at the time, well, th there was no meds until 96. Okay. Uh, and after that, I don't know, I felt, I, I, although I was more open and loving in terms yeah. of uh, romantic relationships, I, I, I don't know, I felt I, you know, because you couldn't have a, a sexual relationship that was normal, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I went back to school. Okay. Uh, well, I was very, very sick in 95 and 96. Uh, I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. Okay. Each time. Uh, and then I decided, you know, because I always wanted to go to college. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a dream. So I did in 97. I started in 97. Okay. Um, you went to school for a while? I went to school for sociology. Okay. Yeah, I got my BA in 2003, after, right after I moved to, to this house. Okay. That I bought in 2002. Okay. Um, but I don't know, how, in terms of romantic relationships... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, I really feel good being by myself. I have, yeah. you know, I have a few dear friends. Yeah. Um, That's all you need sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of coming to that conclusion too. Of, I mean, I don't know what's in the cards for me, but yeah, um, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I've been really happy just being by myself, you know, the past few months. And um, I think I would like to have a relationship again, but I'm not in a rush where I used to feel like, yes. oh, wait, this is how I, this is what I know of myself as I'm a relationship person. And well, and plus it's the norm. It's really, yeah. you know, the, you know, if you're not with in a relationship, you're like a freak or you're like, yeah. In a way, right? But yeah. it's wonderful sometimes. Yeah, I, it is. I really enjoy, you know, being by myself and, my, well, and, and the freedom. I'm, I'm open to a relationship. But yeah, but that's really the practice of self-love too. It's yes. just I prefer to be with myself. If I'm not going to just sacrifice, you know, this other piece of me, right, just to have a relationship so that it fulfills me in some other exactly. way, you're yes. actually full already. And that's when you will, if it's meant to be, the bright person will come in because you're already full. Yes. And he'll already be full, yeah. right? Because the law of attraction, I mean, you will right. attract that person who's already full. Yes. And then you will be complete within that fullness. Without the, the without, two fullness. Within the fullness, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
That's that's what I've been looking at for myself <laughs> too. <laughs> like, let's fill me up first, yes, rather than absolutely. looking for somebody who's gonna fill like fill complete me. Completely, I absolutely. will be full. Yes, and then they will be full, and then we will be complete yes. together. Yes. Yeah. And whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I mean, you, you know that I, I believe. You know, <coughs> the the moment is all we have, right? It's a yeah. classic, but. It's it true, and if you are waiting for somebody to make you happy or to, it's mm -hmm. not the way I want to live, really. Yeah, uh, I I agree with you completely. I mean, that's what this podcast is. It's called the space in between, right? And it's just finding that that's what we have is this here and now. Yeah, we can't look for anything outside of it, right? Here and now, we are full already as it should be. Yes, and. Once we realize that, then all this other stuff of the past, all of these like crazy, adventurous, traumatic experiences, yes, they brought us to here and now, but there's so much other. There, it's not what makes us here and now, right? It brought us yes, to this point. It brought, but yes. Yeah, but this is what we are in here and now. So in the space in between. Yes. All the, the possibilities too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Do you have anything else you want to share? Are there other little surprises that I don't know uh, about? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I know. Uh, I just, uh, I think that hearing a little bit more of your story and then just seeing you and how like you have this bright expression on your face right now <laughs> and how you always do, I, it just, it's um, inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. To talk to, talk to you and be in your presence and know that you have this like, this history behind you, but you are, you're fully present and fully great, grateful of, of what you have. Yes. You Gra know? Grateful for, grateful for friendships more than anything. Yeah. And the animals. And the animals. <laughs> I know we have lots of kitties around us. <laughs> They're so cute. Um, well, thank you. No, you're welcome. Yeah. Phoebe, it was, it's, it's a privilege and an honor to, to, to know you. <laughs> It is. It oh, is. Thanks. You're wonderful. I know. The feeling so. is mutual. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you so you. much.